So shall we get into this this Q and A then? I think Rick. Yeah, I'm down. I'm super down. Yeah, awesome. All right. I think uh, we're prepared a little bunch of questions that everyone's asked. Okay. So great. Rick, ladies and gentlemen, wanna, you... this is the Q and A with Don McLennan, Neighborhood Radio. Yee. All these questions are going to be submitted from users within the community. We sent on a Google uh, Docs form just. For everyone to submit their questions uh, pertaining to the upcoming project, Changing of the Trees. So I have a soundboard on me, so I got to just make the sounds myself. Yeah. <laughs> they need to add soundboard to stages. It would make life so much easier. <laughs> that would be fucking crazy. That would be so fire. All right. So we're just going to go down this list. Uh Zeke, yeah. I don't know if you want to just go back and forth between asking the yeah, going I, I think, questions. I, th All right. I, think, I think that works, yeah. All right. So this first one says, it's easy to view the title Changing of the Trees as a direct reference to changing of seasons, like the seasonal beauty of those changing trees. Would you consider this album a reflection of the metaphorical changing of seasons in your life? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think that that's kind of like, definitely like the most direct one that's there you know what i'm saying we um we came up with the title actually while i was um driving with someone on my team um xavier we were like just like it was like sometime in the fall and we were just kind of talking about like what our plans were for the next season and that phrase was like just like brought up in the conversation i was like yo this is it's a pretty brilliant like set of words right there I, I like how that feels and like the way that 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 what, what that describes like emotively and um i just felt like it like symbolized a lot of stuff that was going on in my life like very much so literally but also um just metaphorically you know what i'm saying so i just uh i, I thought that it was like a really good title to like to to a set of like to basically like a collection of songs that i wanted to used to set the tone for what like the future of like me being a solo musician is going to look like so do you see this as more of like a foundational step in your career absolutely you know um i'm not necessarily like trying to have this be like the magnum opus or anything like that i just want to make sure that um i'm doing like the due process of putting yep. music out as an individual correctly and also um, trying to, like, create, like, I don't know, like, trying to create, like, a, a environment for, like, all of the talented musicians that I've known and met in my life to be able to be involved in the music that I create. You know what I'm saying? Um, and just outside of it just being, like, an insular process of, like, it being, like, one specific group or anything like that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so the next question was, um, whether or not there'll be any features on the project. So, um, there are a couple, but it's not necessarily like the features that y'all would expect. There's like a couple of like, there's a couple vocal features, but most of the features on the record are from musicians that like mm -hmm. I know and like respect in my community and stuff like that. And people that I've been, um, just doing like sessions with, I'm, I, I don't know. I've been, um, I, I spent a lot of time listening to a lot of music, obviously, since I put a project out. And um, yep. I wanted to kind of let the instruments speak a little bit more and not just have them be something that I rap on top of. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, even in that regard, there's like some songs where like the the hook is like just a specific type of guitar phrase um, mm-hmm. that fits really well, and there doesn't necessarily need to be a voice on top of it. So okay. rather yeah. than featuring a vocalist on that song, I'm featuring the guitarist. You know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that or makes sense. Or if we have like a record with a drum solo on it, like I want to feature the like the person that's playing the drums on the record as if they're an artist as well. You know? Yeah, awesome. Because I don't know if, if that that stuff like really cool too, and it's like also it's like I I'm like a liner note kid. You know what I'm saying? Like I always read through that stuff, so it's just like a cool way to be able to um like like kind of just like be able to like lay the red carpet out to an extent for like the folks mm-hmm. that I, I personally feel like really deserve to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with um Avant Dale Bowling Club? Wait, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. Uh, are you familiar with Avant Dale Bowling Club? Uh, yes, actually. Yeah. Just um the way you're sort of discussing, like uh, referencing the musicians sort of being a part of the record and stuff. It reminds me of the approach that he takes with his albums where um it's like the whole band is a part of a part of it and like not just him exactly uh, you know um yeah um, so that's like something that's like really important to me like i've been like like i said trying to like make an ecosystem for all the musicians that i know and respect mm-hmm. like especially the ones that i like especially the musicians that i know that don't necessarily want to be artists they just want to be musicians mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying because yeah. like in this day and age like you got to have a brand for everything and be like making a reel of you in the studio, in the lab and da 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 And like, that's not necessarily for everybody and not yeah. everybody wants that. And like, they don't, des- like, I don't think that those types of people shouldn't like deserve to have like opportunities to establish like active or passive income for themselves as musicians, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes sense. people lose sight of that type of stuff. Like I think that being, being, being back home definitely made me, um, like it, it, it exposed, it, it re-exposed me to like the world of what being a musician is like outside of the music industry when, you know, you're doing like just gigs for a living and things of that nature, instead of it being, you know, like placement work and stuff like that, or getting like syncs and licensing. So um, even in that regard, it's like, I'm just trying to make sure that I establish like a comfortable middle ground for all the people that I know that play music so that they can, you know, yeah. make a living off that shit. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I think that makes a lot of sense. I've, I, sometimes I, I, when I think about like artistry, uh, you know, when uh, like maybe newer people come into it, their questions sometimes fall into what kind of name should I have? What kind of aesthetic should I use? But not actually getting into what kind of art they're making and why they're making it and trying to make a, a story to sell. Yeah, and, like, by the time that you really, really learn that you, like, love this shit too much to sell it, now you're in a position where you're trapped having to sell it, you know? Yeah. Some people just want to sing. Some people just, like, some people just want to play the drums, you know what I'm saying? And it's, like, those people should be able to do that stuff as well, too, but be able to, like, share their passions in comfortable ways without having to sell a brand, you know? Yeah, that's what I um found. I started like selling music, but um I found that once money got involved, I and like like it just and that pressure to sort of build myself as an artist as opposed to just doing it for fun, like it started to become tiresome. 
Absolutely, uh, yeah. That but, shit can be super complicated, yeah. especially like if like especially if like you aren't educated enough to like know how to show up consistently for the other people that you're creating with. You know what I'm saying? And not I think that sometimes people like lose sight of the fact that like, yeah, not everybody knows all of this stuff and not everyone's like necessarily supposed to. Like the people who are, that's awesome. But like don't take advantage of people just because you know that. Support them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, so um, I'm, like, I look at this project as kind of like the like it's like mixing the concrete to like set the foundation down and like show people yeah. like what that can look and feel like on a on a you know on a high level creatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. So when you when you work with like another artist on a song, do you try and like reach out and like make the song together, or do you? prefer to just get things from them and work independently and then combine it at the end um it depends on the song that i'm making there are some songs where it's like i would love to just like get in the studio and write with folks and like come up with the concept together but then there are some times where it's like i'm coming up with an idea by myself and i'm like oh wow this needs this individual's presence you know what i'm saying and um even in that regard, it's like uh, my intuition will tell me like, hey, this person's supposed to be on this record, but it won't tell me how they're supposed to be on it. It's like, mm-hmm. I just want to see how, like, I, I just want to give you the opportunity to show up on the record. If you don't, that's totally fine. But if you do, like, you have the freedom to do what you want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people get, like, excitement bias and, like, project their expectations upon people with the music that they want to hear and see. Especially like, artists do that as well, too. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I just try to make sure like, like I heard, a I remember, I can't remember who, I think actually, no, Max said this quote, Mac Miller said this quote. Um, he said it like, you, you don't tell Thundercat how to play bass, mm. you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, that shit resonated with me when I heard that. And I was just like, oh, okay, bet. Cool. This, mm-hmm. this makes hella sense. And like, all I need to do is just make sure that the moment happens. But beyond that, I'm like, I, I've, I've done my job. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the- yeah. But, oh, I was gonna say like sorry, with, with 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 that in mind, like you know you when you're collaborating on art, you gotta you know keep in mind that that this is gonna be someone else's art piece too. They're putting their soul into this too. How often yep. do you see you know you have kind of an idea, you don't have an exact thing a direction for them to go. They do their thing. How often do you see that actually steer it away from what you originally were planning? Um. Not very often, honestly. And even if it did, I feel like it would, like, obviously, depending on the circumstances and the situation, I feel like in a lot of ways, my intuition would tell me that, like, hey, maybe that's the direction that we're supposed to go in. You know? Um, I, I, sorry about the noise in the background and stuff like that. No, we're just putting all the equipment away. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that um, when it comes to that type of stuff, it's like, I don't necessarily feel like there's... Um, like circumstances or situation where it's like it doesn't necessarily like match what I was going for, especially if like what I was going for was just someone to show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like if you like as as long as I think that the only time that I would have like a conflict with somebody showing up is if they didn't if I felt like they didn't, weren't showing up as their authentic selves. And then yeah. in that moment, I would want to, like, try to push them to do that, you know? Uh, I, I think that's got to be I the bare that. minimum when it comes or, to, to so hard people. 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I think that people sometimes lose sight of that because they're so specific on what they want. But mm-hmm. like my, my biggest specificity is like, I'm just handpicking the people that I want to be present in the experience and in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. whatever those folks do, that to that to me is more than good enough because I picked them. Like you're like yeah. from picking them, I like I I know that like I like I've I usually like I'm studying and seeing your work, and I'm like, oh okay, it it will totally make sense for you to exist within this space. So mm-hmm. that's why ideally for people that I'm you know like selecting and stuff like that, it's just it, it feels like organic or natural for them to show up and um yeah that's what that you know that's how it's been with like a lot of the musicians on the record specifically and um like the producers and stuff like that so it's been a, yeah. a really cool experience yeah awesome no collaborations like it's honestly the backbone of music for me like without without it i don't think i'd be making music i think um, it's the backbone of so. creativity i feel you a thousand percent yeah. like i totally mm. totally feel you you know without without collaboration i don't know if like you know what i'm saying like that like collaboration is like what empowered the people that taught me to teach me in the first place i'm gonna share what i know with you totally yeah so um how many different versions of each track do you sort of go through before you get to the final final version my god um For the first track on the record, I think there's like at least like ten versions right now. Yeah, um, and that's like ten versions that have been like exported out as like specific renditions. That's not like the different versions that I go through that just exist inside of like Ableton or mm-hmm. inside of like FL Studio or whatever DAW that we're using to work on the track. You know, mm-hmm. like I would say that we might like export 10 different like renders or passes or drafts of a song before we even yeah. like send it to mixing and mastering mm-hmm. but then like there's at least like 20 to 30 different iterations of each pass where it's like yeah a song that gets changed maybe maybe i re-record a, a line or two or maybe i have to re-record an entire verse or oh mm-hmm. shit a car flipped over yeah wow Y'all good? Hey, yeah. Did that just happen no, in front of you guys, or did you just say that? We just like drove over a hill and saw that this car was flipped over. That's crazy. <sighs> Sheesh. I hope they're okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh man. So like, when you do like end up choosing a, a version, do you find yourself like ever like? kind of compromising, kind of being like, uh, well, I feel this one more than this other one and not enough to like actually feel satisfied or do you, do you only do it in, or do you only keep pushing it until you find the exact right product at the end? I think that I've learned to push to a healthy compromise. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's possible to do that as well where it's like you can see what's, you can see what's like envision what's there, but you can also be like, realistic about the parameters of even like your own expectations and things of that nature and um i think that like there are sometimes where it's like oh yeah if we spent more time on this specific thing yeah that could that could work for this other specific thing that we're doing you know what i'm saying like 
maybe that might make this sound more like maybe that makes that make sound like the production more like a little bit lush or something like that or maybe adding more layers to something but then that might take away from like the essence of the track as well too or like that thing that like we like that raw that raw feeling that we captured in the demo might get taken away in the pursuit of perfection yeah. you know what oh, I'm saying? yeah so i've like allowed and established like uh you know like in, internally and mentally it's just like oh, okay cool like i can safely like i can i can safely wipe my hands and say that this His i've own. done everything that i can on this you know what i'm saying yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's um honestly i think one of the hardest things i've learned is being able to finish something and just be like like this is this is it this is good enough um, rather than just no, I, I, like, I definitely feel you on that. Yeah, I think just that like, like for, for me, a lot of stuff has been like, uh, how do I describe it? It has been um, like it's like I feel like I've finished a lot of the things that I can do to my abilities right now for what I want to do, without mm-hmm. having to like overextend myself. Um, creatively for the projects you know what i'm saying it's like yeah do like is that supposed to be my voice or is that supposed to be an instrument you know what i'm saying or is that supposed to be like is that supposed to be where another verse goes or is that supposed to be where we like flesh this production out a little bit more to bring movement to the instrumentation and then whenever that next verse comes in afterwards you don't feel like you have to like you have this like space that you need to fill in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just bringing like like the the more movement and motion that comes to the records and stuff like that, I think is um yeah uh, yeah you know like it, it, it add that that type of stuff adds more depth to it for sure. But like I said, it's also like just using discernment and being able to say like oh, okay cool like this like this is the masterpiece that it needs to be because it's been made not necessarily mm. because of anything else that's going to get put on top of it. Yeah. How much does like input from like other people actually really come into play when with your own personal projects? When it comes huh. to making those uh decisions to, you know what, this is a healthy point to move on and all that. Um hmm. I feel like it's um usually that's like usually those are questions that I like I'll like I'll ask people like what do they think needs to be added once I feel like I've added everything that I can. Mm. Yeah. So even in that regard, if it's like if you're like that's like a trusted group of people that I do it with, it's like, yo, do you think that this needs anything? And they're like, nah. It's like, okay, cool. Then like I can start to think about putting a bow in this. Yeah. I can figure out what putting a bow in that looks like and feels like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I um I think sometimes like it's good as well to take your work to other people because they might tell you what you don't want to hear. Um and it can be like eye opening to get that kind of feedback as well. I think it's pretty hard to find someone who's willing to kind of grill you with what with what you're working on in order, you know, you know, constructively. And my dad, <laughs> valid. That's valid as fuck. I'm I'm super fortunate to kind of have 
a circle of homies that are pretty like tough critics. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I can like there's some things where it's like it's different. It's a difference when someone feels like there's nothing that needs to be added to a record versus when a record doesn't do something for somebody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How do you respond? Like to it's like um by continuing to make more records. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> At the end of the day, I think that it's like you know, creativity isn't a finite resource necessarily. Mm. So it's just a matter of um putting your energy into the right things, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And sometimes you're not always putting your energy into the right thing, and that's A-okay. Yeah. No, definitely. That's, I, I think, like, it. one of the hardest things, I think, is, like, finding... Well, at least I found personally. I think that sometimes, like, like, the time yeah. that, you, that people put in the shit, they're just like, yeah. oh, I put so much time into this, it must be good, and it's like, it's not necessarily always the case, even for myself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, no, my biggest, uh, my biggest song, um, the, it took me seven minutes to make the beat for it. Yeah. Um, and it's like kind of weird to think about that, where it's like songs that like I put, put way much more time into, like, aren't, weren't that like popular. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, even like that, like popularity is like relative. It's like what the song does for mm-hmm. you. You know what I'm saying? There's things mm-hmm. that I've put a lot of time into that didn't do much for me. And then there's things that I put a little bit of time into that did a fuck ton for me. Hmm. Yeah. Just like from my soul and my spirit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Um, Rick, did you want to ask this next question? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, you keep talking about like, you know, trying to diversify that sound and everybody obviously hears it through these snippets that you've been dropping here and there for the past couple of years. Uh, so how many, how many different styles of instrumentation can we expect, uh, on this on this album that the video uh preview you dropped previously just the other day was honestly pretty surprising thank you dog i appreciate that um I'm, i mean i think that what people can at, at least for like the first project what people can expect is um like i want things to sound um i want things to sound like they have like depth to them like i want it to have musical depth to it to where I feel like, you know, like in the music that, or like the, the songs that I was like contributing to in BH, people are always like, oh, you had to like listen to this verse like two or three times. And it's like, I want people to listen to the music two or three times before they can like catch all the details. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, that's like kind of the, like, it, it, there's just like a lot of granular notes in the production and in the instrumentation and in the sound design and stuff like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. there are things that, might sound like samples that aren't samples and like vice versa you know what i'm saying like and it's just like being able to kind of like blend like like it's like blending the space between like a lot of the sounds that i'm a big fan of you know so there's uh like i'll i'll say that it's like a lot of like the music i like to listen to is the stuff that I've been making and what it sounds like lately for me at least is is like oh okay cool this is like this is if you're speaking you cut off sorry no we lost no. Um, the, the the rains the storm 
Hold on. Can you guys, you guys hear me? There I'm you sorry. are. Yeah. Oh, there no, you are. if you were, yeah, we, yeah, you cut out during the second part of whatever you're saying. No, no worries. It's all good. Um, yeah, it's just like, uh, what are we talking about what, again? We were that, talking what, the about... sounds you, you've been listening to and trying to put that into your music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, like I'm trying to make music that would just exist in the world that like I already occupy oh, instead of making like a new world for my music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel so that. Sorry, I feel like, uh, Yeah, I feel like my sound is, uh, it's like pretty grounded in reality right now. And then mm. if it ever like steps outside of that it does it like really intentionally you know mm-hmm. so like there's some stuff that might sound like a little bit shroomy but it's not gonna sound shroomy in like the traditional way that everybody else's shit sounds shroomy it's gonna be like a much more intricate detailed like sensation and it might not be one that everybody even catches because of how intricate and detailed it is mm-hmm it really sounds yeah. like you're on like a conductor tip where you're really you're you're building it like Lego blocks instead of just trying to you know like when a producer maybe like makes a a, a drum loop or something like that it sounds it, it sounds like almost the same as if you were writing a verse just the music yeah i mean like even in that regard right so like to kind of talk about the production process for the record um so me and bleak we've been making music now for about like consistently together for about like two and a half years at this point awesome. and when like basically like as we got more and more chemistry as creatives together and we like like he like got more trust with me creatively and stuff like that it kind of dawned on me that like he's like the ideal drum programmer and sound selector for like all the soundscapes that i want to create right now so mm-hmm. all that i need to do is just give him like the adequate playing ground and playing field to be able to do the dopest patterns and like rhythmic sequences and melodic sequences that he possibly can. Mm. And then even in that regard, it's like, we'll take that stuff and then bring it to musicians. And I'll kind of like take a executive producer composer role and be like, Hey, this, like, for example, like this sample didn't originally sound like this. It's like, pitched down eight semitones and chopped up six ways to Sunday. But like, what if we played it that way? And then what if you added another B section and we treated that like the A section? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I don't know if that's a little yeah. bit complicated. Like, no, but, I, like, I think, I think it's really cool to intentionally play with like structure with, you know, submersing, like you're already playing with samples. That's already kind of submersing music and intentionally feeding into that. I think the results are going to speak yeah. for themselves. And I think I that, like, it's also yeah. a natural part of the music that all the musicians that I know and have affinity for, and I'm spending time around, like it's something they naturally do. Um, mm. Like, like kind of to go back even to what we were talking about before with like how music culture works and how music works outside of the music industry. Like, most like most musicians that are not industry based that are making a living are gigging acts and most of those gigs are them doing covers of really popular songs that other people like but they just want a live version of it sung in front of them for their wedding or their sweet 16 or be it you may you know what i'm saying but that's mm. like that is most blue collar musicians bread and butter you know what i mean yeah yeah for so sure. 
in that regard, like a lot of the best musicians that I know know how to play so much music, but then on top of knowing how to play it, they can expand upon it, like mm-hmm. on demand and like improvisationally. And I think that that's so incredible. And like as a as a musician, that was something that I wanted to capture. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Some people yeah. just like just another language. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I think that even in that range, it's like there, there's languages on top of languages on top of languages. Yeah, it's culture, like, yeah. you, you know, like the way that one person plays guitar that has grown up in like a jazz circle out here is going to be completely different than someone who grew up in like a Latin American Puerto Rican circle mm-hmm. where they're playing like, you know, like merengue and shit like that. And it's like a completely different format of how you're playing your instrument. You know what I'm saying? versus like the jazz crowd or the folk crowd or the alternative crowd and um that's just something that like before i was like nbh i would spend a lot of time like going to shows out here and just like be like just being a music enthusiast at the end of the yeah. day and yeah. um no, it's, yeah it's just, it, it, there's i'm 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 really like privileged to be from a place that has such a rich music culture um yeah. And That's it's awesome. just not necessarily uh, what's it called? What's the word for it? It's 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 pretty underrated. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not yeah. like like a like where we we're from. What would be considered like a marginalized community? So like in a lot of ways, a lot of that art hasn't been recognized um, on any sort of platforms outside of the ones that we've made for ourselves that exist here, yeah. and. I'm doing the same thing. It's just that my platform is a little bit different than the ones that traditionally have existed around here. Yeah. No, it's really cool. Um, like, like seeing, like just from being a part of, um, the block and like jumping in your streams and stuff and seeing the range of cool musicians that are sort of like in Connecticut. Um, it's, cause it like blows my mind every single yeah. day. Like I'm always introduced to somebody new. Yeah. Cause like before joining or anything, the only musician I'd ever heard of from Connecticut was Moby. Um, and aside from that, I didn't know any others. Um, I didn't then, fucking know Moby was from CT. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, no, he is. Um, That's but yeah, crazy. So, yeah, so before that, I only knew Moby. But then I joined the block and then, like, found, like, through your streams and stuff, just, like, heaps of, like, really cool. Um, There's a really rich music culture here. Like yeah, MGMT started at Wesleyan. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's like a university that's like right around the corner for where my brother grew up at. Yeah, that's sick. You mean, yeah, and the way you talk yeah. about it, like it's so connected that it makes it seem like it's a small place, but I know it ain't. It's, I would say, in consideration to the rest of America, CT's pretty small. Mm. Like you can drive from one side of it to the other in like the span of like two and a half hours. See, that's, you know that's, that's, see that, but see, like, I'm talking about from my perspective at the very least, like, cause that that's 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 a long ass drive in a, inside the town. Oh no, that's not inside the town. It's the whole state. Oh, you're talking about the whole state. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole state. Within the whole state, it's like a two hour drive from one end to the other. We're like smack dab in between New York and Boston, New York and Massachusetts. So it's just like that that tiny guy that's right there, and then Delaware's right, and Rhode Island's right next to it. Like that's like th- those are us right there. Like. So it's it's tiny on the American map, but it's like really dense here. Mm-hmm. And there's like so much to do. There's so many nooks and crannies and there's so much nature and like yeah, so it's um 
I like I said, like I've I've been really privileged to like have like this access to a world outside of Connecticut. Um, and I just kind of want to sh- like I I want to like make Connecticut like my world again, and in the process of making that my world again, introduce the rest of my world to it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. No, I think um like. <clears throat> Building like a local scene, I think is kind of underrated. I think so many people are, as musicians, what I've experienced, so many people are want to get out of their local scene and not many people will get out and then bring back, come back into it. Facts. I love learning about local scenes, you know, mm-hmm. like I think that w- without local scenes, like, like I was saying before, like the blue collar, like music, like, like gigging musician, like we, we need those scenes, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, Without yeah. without those scenes, like a lot of people will not be able to make music for a living without yeah. having to do something in the industry. And I don't think that yeah. that should be the only option. Like, so, yeah, I, I, I feel you. Yeah, like it's been awesome because we have uh, a rapper uh, called Wombat um, from Tasmania who's he's gone like become one of the biggest rappers in the country. But he's recently just started doing again like heaps of features for a lot of local artists. Um, um, and it's just been really inspiring and in watching him make it to like the very top of Australian hip hop and then to come oh, back yeah. to Tasmania. Um, like literally a guy I went to high school with got a feature from Wombat. Um, yeah, man. It's, it's just awesome to see him like give back like that. Um, the greats build bridges and yeah. ladders, dude. For real, for real. Mm. It's part, yeah, of yeah. Being the, part of being the best is building a bridge. Mm. Yeah. You can be really good at what you do, but there's no way you're gonna be the best if you mm-hmm. can't if you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? That like, like even like culturally, you know what I'm saying? Like all the mm-hmm. guys that pass the torch to Kendrick, them passing that torch solidifies them so much more than the people who didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like like for example, like looking at Eminem dissing all the new rappers versus people from Eminem's era that are working with all like the new rappers, and yep. you can see like the difference in people's perception of those artists and yeah absolutely you know yeah. and you know things things age the way that they're supposed to in that regard mm-hmm. well um so the next question i think we had up was um if you could describe uh the new wave of music you're working on in a couple of words what would it be real nigga shit <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah real nigga shit that is what I'm, that, that is like, honestly, that I, I'm trying to think of like anything else. And it's like, that's the first thing that comes to my head. And it's just like, mm. I would just be filtering it if I can't with anything else. That's authenticity. Yeah. Awesome. Rick, do you want to get this yes. next, this so next, next question? <laughs> so we're, we're going to get into some kind of specific questions. This next one is, uh, was a theremin involved in the production at all? And if not, no, no, but I wish <laughs> I need to give someone, if someone can find me a theremin or if someone can like ship a theremin over here, I totally will throw that on some records. Hey, everybody listen to the neighborhood radio right now. Tap in. If you're near the <laughs> Connecticut area with the theremin in your possession, feel free um, to, let's to, get to it. hit, let's hit get it Theremin, a theremin was used on Kids Say Ghosts, wasn't it? On the, the track. Was Kids it Say actually Ghosts? a theremin or was it like a theremin sound that someone played on Ableton Push? Because that's not a theremin. Well, yeah, I know I know that on the, the title track that there was supposedly 
a theremin used. I'm not sure how accurate that is, but interesting. I uh, have read that online. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So I that's see. Very interesting. 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 Yeah. I always, I always think stuff like that is fun when folks do that. I only believe Apex Twin when you talk when people talk about. <laughs> the, the <laughs> I mean, I mean, considering that Kanye has literally sampled Apex Twin, I wouldn't put, it wouldn't put, I wouldn't put it past Kanye to sampling in, Apex in, Twin and using Apex Twin's gear to get those sounds are a totally different yeah. thing. No, I, like, I wouldn't put, I'm just saying, I wouldn't put it past Kanye to inherit Apex Twin's uh, desire of putting weird shit on his albums. Oh, facts, but, facts, uh, facts, 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 yeah. facts. Like, out of all artists, if it was going to be anyone, I think it would be Kanye. Real. Yeah. All right. So, uh, next question. Speaking of specifics, we have someone ask if you can do a tribute verse for their late dog Mambo. Aww. I can totally like make a song for Mambo. That like if some yeah absolutely. Hell yeah. Is this a is this a is this for real or is this Maddie? Like, yes, is this yes, a, yes, no, yes, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. No. Maddie, she's in no, chat is, right now. Is, Mambo, yeah. her, her her dog passed. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. And uh, yeah. that that's that's really yeah. sweet. Hell yeah! Nah, yeah, nah. We shout out we'll, Mambo, we'll, rest we'll, in peace. Well, hundred, I would, yeah, like, dog, I'll, I'll definitely make some. I'll make some. We we'll make a song on stream for for Mambo. That sounds Mambo? fire. Yeah, Mambo number yeah. one. Yeah, Mambo number one. Not number All five. Right. Number one. Straight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so awesome. The next question uh, says, "Hi Dom, what's been your favorite memory so far from working on this project?" Ooh, ooh. My favorite memory so far from working on this project. Um. <laughs> there's so many. There's so many wild things that have happened in my life as I've been working on this. Um befriending a bird has been like really trippy oh yeah <laughs> honestly like <laughs> he's just like he's just the homie now like for real for real it's crazy like he was just chilling on my head while i was playing drums the other day and i'm just like yo you, you like you're fine with this this is crazy blows my mind so like stuff like that has been happening like really random stuff like that is like really fun memories but then i think that like Honestly, probably my favorite memory has been, like, the first time hearing back, like, one of the tracks, like, completely, like, composed and mixed together and stuff like that. And just hearing, like, the the labor of love that, like, was put together and, like, like how it all, like, kind of, like, turned into this amalgamation and came to a head. And I was like, oh, shit, this is, this is really real. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the moment where everything felt real to me in that regard of like being like oh okay all these ideas that we had like they're fucking possible that um that was probably like my favorite memory you know feeling like that that getting that like feeling through what i was hearing mm-hmm. yeah no that's that's awesome Who, whose bird whose bird is it is it just uh one of the uh per- musicians you've been working with in the studio or <laughs> So, um, one of the videographers that I've been working with, my homie Kirk, he, like, pretty much, like, he adopted a bird, but, like, the way that he adopted it is, like, the craziest fucking story ever. He's, 
at the golf course with his friends. He got invited to go play golf with one of his friends. So he's out there playing golf, and a bird literally, like, flies onto the course and just, like, lands on his bag and doesn't leave. There you go. And next thing you know, you go to bed. So my first instinct when he was, like, telling me about this, I'm like, yo, you have to take this thing to the vet and, like, make sure that it's not, like, escaped from somewhere or, like, make sure that, like, chip gets red or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm. my, like, environmentalist brain, like, jumped out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, um, well, yeah, let's make sure that this thing is, like, safe and, like, that it's not, like, sick or anything like that because usually you know especially if it's like a wild animal it's like but it didn't look like a wild animal it looked like a mm-hmm. very very yes exactly but it's a like a literal baby um it i it must have like escaped from like a pet store before it got tagged or something like that and like literally just landed on this dude's bag but yeah. they've been absolutely inseparable since then when he took it to the vet the bird had no chip on it or anything like that it's literally just like it it was a a bird that is imprinted on him and has been his homie ever since then and every time the bird comes around we just kick it that's amazing there you go we love love we love shout out shout out goody so for real, shout out to Goody. That like it, it trips me out. He just really be vibing. <laughs> He's just the homie. All right. So the next question I think we had was uh so from what we've heard of your project, it sounds like it has some like pretty cool like samples and stuff. Um so uh someone was wondering, uh, where do you pull from when it comes to sample inspiration? Um, so it's been really interesting. Like I am not the one that is coming up. I'm not the one pulling the samples. I'm the one that is, like, putting the people together that have pools of records that are, like, available for us to utilize, mm-hmm. whether they have, like, the publishing and the rights and stuff like that, taking care of them and stuff like that. So that's um the role that, like, Alex has been playing, essentially, as, like, the executive producer for the record, which mm-hmm. is pretty tight. Like, um essentially, like, he has a bunch of like relationships that he's established with like different sample libraries and things of that nature. And, um, they are trying to like breathe new life into this music and within breathing new life into it. It's like, there's like access to these massive libraries of records that are like the, the publishing is like pre-cleared for them and things of that nature. So it's like really easy to just get the records to the finish line. No one's asking for like 80% of the songs or anything like disrespectful like that. So, it's like pretty yeah. fun to be able to like just mess with that type of stuff and then see mm-hmm. what comes of it. And then if what, and then if we hit like a wall with it, essentially where it's like, yo, we like this four bar loop, but we want it to be an eight bar loop. That's mm-hmm. when it's time to like pass it to musicians and like have them expand upon the idea. And then mm-hmm. it might turn into something completely brand new. Yeah. So basically the reason why I do that is so that like I pass these samples off to bleak. And then Bleak just gets to completely go in where however yeah. he's that wherever he sees the sound going. And then I just you know what I'm saying? Him, like I, I, like exactly, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. in that same way we were saying you don't let you don't tell Thunder Guy how to play bass. Like I I definitely don't tell him how to make beats. You know what I'm saying? So I just I just pass this I just pass records to him essentially and let him go and let him go sick. 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So was has Blake would is has is the whole project produced by him? Um, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that there's like one or two songs that might be produced by Alex as well too, or that are produced by like me and Alex. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the record is produced by Bleak, and then it has like executive production by Alex. So like usually it's like samples mm-hmm. coming from his catalog and library and things of that nature. Or Alex is like assisting mm-hmm. in the sound design for the yeah. compositions that I'm creating for the new like the news like stuff that we're doing with musicians and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So how long have you really been working? Like obviously. You know, even when you're in... Picture's we're fucking in hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I just saw this picture in the fucking chat. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ridiculous. John is here if y'all want to say what's up, by the way. Hello, hey, John. Yo, what up, everyone? Just, uh... To Neighborhood Radio. Listen to... Yeah. Yes, sir. Neighborhood radio, 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 radio. Let's go. <laughs> as as as, fe- as featured in Rolling Stone magazine. <laughs> yeah. Type shit. You heard us? I'll go ahead. Go go sick with that. Yes. Uh, um. So I know you you've been obviously you know in part of the Brockhampton for for decent portion of time, but you know you. You cut out, Rick. Haven't been working on your own like. Uh, solo stuff so how long have you been really working on this project and how long has this project existed as quote-unquote changing of the trees how much how long has that process taken yeah so no funny shit like there was a point in time like being in bh where i had no intention of putting solo music out i was just like Mm -hmm. this is enough like this is more than enough for me you know what i'm saying like i'm super gucci on like the idea of like having to do anything as a solo act and um spent so i spent a lot of time trying to figure out how i can like make an impact in like more of the like civil social equity spaces in music mm-hmm. and um a lot of the people that i like sat down and talked with were like you should you should work on your brand more for the sake of the things that you want to do for your community and like mm-hmm. the things that you want to do for the greater good of like how music should work for people that love art. And I'm just like, okay, word. I feel that, but I don't necessarily feel, um, like I felt compelled to say more outside of music than in music, you know? And um, with reconnecting with Bleak, honestly, I think that that kind of um, ignited something inside of me where it was like, wow, like I haven't... um, I haven't made music that sounds like this in like a decade. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay, this is like, this is what like a different form of rapping feels like. This is what rapping feels like when the goal isn't necessarily um, for like playing a specific role in uh like in in the like the the sphere of public conscious or social conscious you know what that i'm saying um or even like playing a specific role in a group you know what i'm saying it's like i'm just making music to make music instead of making music with the purpose of it fitting in between these two verses or something like that you know hmm. and i think that that kind of um 
like that was what inspired me to start you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um once we started the first project that we started working on i felt like was what was gonna be like my debut album and i was like oh fuck this is really like this is this is like music i'm really proud of and i feel like it tells my story and like you know shares like deep things about who i am and shit and i'm like but if i put this out right now the like I don't think that it'll really get received as like my story. I think that it'll just get received mm-hmm. as like the first collections of songs that I put out after being in this group. So I was like, mm-hmm. let me try to like work on like the tone setter first and then like yeah. turn this into what's next. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Makes and, sense. Um, yeah. In the process of doing that, that's when we started working on like the stuff that we made before the changing mm-hmm. of the trees. And then after we started working on that, we were like, oh, this is really dope as well, too. What the fuck? We need to, like, do something that sets a little bit more of a tone because this is, like, coming out swinging. Like, this is, this is really fucking crazy. So yeah. we went back and started making more stuff again. And, like, the purpose mm. of the stuff that we were making there was it was just, like, yo, let's, like, kind of take everything that we've been putting together so far and, like, instead of it being like balls to the wall or like a magnum opus let's just actually make something that sets the tone yeah and i think that uh, we had to get all that other shit out of our system first yeah totally and, and like now we're at a place where things like really feel and sound that way to me where it's like yeah. the first song on this record sounds like the first song that people should hear in my discography like yeah. as a project post bh you know yeah makes sense yeah no that um yeah no i um no that makes a ton of sense i think i think that sort of leads into i had a personal question um that i think this sort of uh sort of leads into um yes, which is um so I, i'm like in a lot of bh communities like on reddit and facebook and stuff and i think uh, one of the things I've noticed is that there's been a lot of spotlight on like who's going to drop first, like who's going to be the first person to do something post BH, like drop a project. And I was just wondering whether there was a lot of pressure for you being that person. No, I don't think that no. I even, I don't even know if I will be, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I literally have no idea. Like someone mm. could drop a project fucking tomorrow that I have no idea about. And yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. And everyone has like their own provocative and volition that they can move with. And it's like, yeah. they're free to be able to. Do I feel yeah. any pressure about anything in relation to BH at all? Honestly, no. Yeah. Um, but the reason that I don't is because I'm doing something that's for me. Mm. And it's yeah, like no. so for Makes me sense. that if it's not for people who were fans of BH, I'm totally cool with that. Mm. Yeah. No, for sure. And um then my 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 other second question that I had personally was um so thesis side B, that's like when I was like in high school, me and my friend Noah, we used to always listen to it when we uh, we worked at the cinema and we were allowed to play whatever music we wanted while we cleaned. And we used to always listen to Hounds of Love by Kate Bush and Thesis Side B. Um, and so I was just wondering, um, I it's guess... so crazy to me. <laughs> so, so crazy to me. 
Yo, um, me and John just staring at each other like, like, yo, bro, crazy, crazy times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, so I guess uh, first of all, I just want to say, yeah, that that record was something that, yeah, me and my friend Noah used to always listen to, and it was like one of my favorite albums from my high school sort of period. Um, but the uh, so, so where I was going with that was, um, I was just wondering how much uh you've taken from Thesis Side B, um, and that kind of I know you mentioned once that had a bit of like UK um uh like bass influence which is um mm-hmm. makes sense why i loved it so much because at the same time i was into burial and james blake a lot um but yeah i was just wondering yeah, yeah, all whether, over the record, yeah. yeah i was just wondering whether or not you're taking any of that into your new um new work absolutely i think that the biggest no funny shit the biggest thing that i've taken away from making records like that in that period of time in my life, especially after being in BH, is that it's okay to not say everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that I was trying to say so much on those records at that point in time in life. And like, yeah, some of that stuff I may have achieved, which is tight. But like, yeah. now I feel like my messaging is like so much more direct because instead of talking about like 20 different things, I'm talking about one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, like, that's the, the biggest takeaway from making that music that I can go into with the music that I make now is just, like, it's like that, that meme with I hear. It's like, oh, say less. It's, like, literally that, though. You know what I'm saying? It's just, like, mm-hmm. say a little bit less, make it mean more, and, like, let the music speak. You know what I'm saying? Um, sometimes the music doesn't even have to be your words. It can be literally the music. And you can contextualize those sounds with the words that you say so that when it breathes out again, people are thinking about the shit that they just heard. And you're like, oh, mm. that's what that means. Or, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it is. So I've just been, um, you know, thinking about, like, like definitely, I think that um, there's still, like, a little bit of, like, non-conformative and, like, anti-traditionalist um spirit to any record that i'm gonna make and that stuff yep. i feel like i established the most within making a project like thesis side b um yeah i was just like on my creative anarchist wave at that point mm-hmm. in time but yeah. who isn't when they're like 23 you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um yeah but yeah so like i would say that like if there's anything that i took away from those records it's like yeah, I don't, one, I don't have to do everything by myself, you know, and two, I don't have to say everything, mm. like, the immediate moment that someone gets a chance to hear me. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And um, my final question was just what your favorite New Jibez song is. <laughs> Ooh, wow. That's such a good question, dude. That's, wow, wow. Um, okay, so Mistline. Yep. That, It'll be Mistline. Um, yep. And then second would be Feather. Oh, classic. I love, Third would be Lovesick O2. Uh huh. Yep. And then the fourth would be, um, I think the song's called. Oh, it's off, this, it's off of a Samurai Shampoo compilation, all with the blue cover. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now. I think it was called Longitude. Maybe it was with him and either it was either him and Suchi or him and Fat John. But um, there's like it. It was the one on the blue cover, and like I used to like go to sleep to that record like every fucking day. Yeah, yeah. 
No, the Samurai Shampoo soundtrack. Bola. I, um, yeah, New Jabez, like, I remember when I got into him, it was like entering a whole new world of like, like production and mm-hmm. rest in peace. He, um, I got a video of myself. Um, mm-hmm. I, I went to a museum, um, and they had some sort of like science thing, and they had a, a instrument that you could play by hitting a thong with it. Um, and I got a video of myself playing Reflection Eternal. That's um, fire. The... <laughs> Which was funny. Um, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, cool. No, there's some pretty pretty solid picks. Um, so yeah. thank you. Appreciate anyway, that. that's it. That's um, that's it for my my personal questions, Rick. Word. So like. In those ten years between since now and the thesis side B, you know how how much like did 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 it ever come into mind consciously as you were making this what your last statement as a solo artist was and like have oh, you, yeah. did you consciously you know translate any of the messages from back then and evolve them or you know how how much did that really just come into mind when you were actually making this? I feel like the person that I am now is talking to the person back then that was making that record with the songs that I'm making today. Mm. Like, it's like, it, 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 w- it would be like me telling that guy, like, yo, slow the fuck down. Like, don't trip. You got it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, Like, trust yourself, trust your abilities. Like, and like, almost being like, this is what it sounds like when you trust your abilities. And like, when you're confident in yourself, this is, this is how you can sound. And you can be saying shit like this instead of the things that you were saying at that point in time in your life. So, so uh, like, was that was that uh, on purpose to like unnecessarily pass yourself, or do you was that kind of a message you kind of just intended for a younger audience I, in general? No funny shit. That's kind of something that I just realized right now. Mm. Um, but like, you know, when I think about the, the lyrics and the lyrical content and like, in a lot of ways, it's like everything that's being said in this project, it's like, I'm living these raps in real time. It's not like, you know, like a gross exaggeration outside of like the traditional figures of speech or anything like that. But in the most literal sense, there's a lot of things in here where it's like, these are things that, um, it's like, like. I like to almost like call it like manifestation music where it's just like, you know, this is things that I would say to myself in the mirror to make sure that I feel like confident to get shit done. Or it's like if some shit went south or some shit went left, it's like I can look in the mirror and say these things to myself and still feel and stay true to my my essence and my spirit. You know what I'm saying? And I think that um that was something that I was trying to do, like. 10 years ago when I was making songs like, well, I was making records like Thesis, but I think the way that I was doing it was like, I still had something to prove back then. I had to, I feel like I had to prove to my creative community, to other musicians, to bloggers, whoever the fuck that like, I was not just a rapper, but like a creative ass person. And now I don't feel compelled to prove that to anybody. Um, I just want to do cool shit. So this is what doing cool shit looks like to me now. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It doesn't look like proving anything to anybody. It doesn't look like anything but me being myself and expressing myself in real time in life. 
that that's the right type of growth that you want. Yeah, you would think so, right? <laughs> like, we, all, we all aim for growth. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's the the big picture goal at the end of the day. You know, I don't ever want to be in like a fixed or stagnant mindset. You know, but I just want to be in a place where, I at the very least, like creatively and like expressively, I can be honest with myself. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. So my next question was, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, a lot of change, a lot of growth, it seems like a lot of, that's obviously the core theme and idea that you've been kind of running with lately. You, you recently moved from LA back to Connecticut and Mm -hmm. I know that like that shift vice either way is super huge. How deep in this project were you at that point? when you did move and how much did being closer to your friends, family, that, that core community that means so much to you, how much did that actually impact how the project's actually turning out now? Hmm. That's a really good question. So I officially moved back here in mid May. So actually I haven't been back that long yet. Um, but I think that, um, like, even though I just moved here mid-May, I've been, like, building my, like, the the creative campus that we've had out here for, like, the past maybe, like, I don't know, 12 to 16 months. Mm. So we, like, we set the found like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we set the foundation a little bit, broke the ground at least before we set the foundation. Um, And I think that it's just given me more opportunities to, like, show up for like, my loved ones, like, my friends and family and shit like that, I feel like, um, I get to be, like, a better uncle for, like, my nieces and nephews and shit, and, like, a better, like, cousin and, like, a, just a better homie as a whole, and just being able to be present and show up for folks. Hmm. I really, um, you know, you, you hear a lot about, you know, the work that artists do on being an artist, but this this whole thing was really like for me to work on myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, there was a point in time where when I wasn't working on myself as much, I didn't. I I was like, just not liking where I was at in life, and I was like, I don't like being in LA. It wasn't that I didn't like Los Angeles. I just didn't. That wasn't the place for me. But, like, now I'm in a place where it's, like, I I totally accept that. You know what I'm saying? And if anything, I want to, like, find places there that can be for me where I can show up for a community and shit like that. Instead of just being like, oh, this place ain't for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, this, this was really, like, a, a big move just for me to try to be like a better person and like a a better son and like a better brother and shit like that <laughs> like more than being a better artist honestly um i'm i'm going to keep it a super stack with you i'm not that concerned about being a better artist i think that i'm more than good enough where i'm at creatively it's just a matter of like making sure that i have an outlet and i stay expressive and like use my creativity use my creativity more as a vessel for like other creative people that I know to get their shit off than focusing on getting my shit off. 
That's a pretty unique standpoint or viewpoint of it, especially if someone in your position. Like, mm-hmm. I'll always keep growing and continuing to be creative and challenging myself and learning new ways to create. But that's not necessarily what I'm working on. That's just something that I naturally do. Mm-hmm. So why do I have, like, it, it, it's almost like, in a, it's almost escapism. Like, so it's a form of escapism to, like, be like, oh, I got to work on my brand or I got to work on this or I got to work on that if I haven't put that self work in. And I'm dead ass still working on that shit in real time every day. Hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. What so that's like, that's the like yeah so that's sorry my fault that's the big thing mm. for moving back here it's like yeah nah, working no, no, on myself cool, and cool. shit like yeah. that and I think that yeah the, I think that even just the way that I talk about myself and the way that I talk about like places I do like people I do like places I don't like I don't dislike anybody but mm. you get what I'm saying like in that in that whole spirit it's just like that all shows the the growth for me at least. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I know yeah. that a, a lot of that stuff that, you know, it, that's from your, you know, uh, where you're raised and everything, like stuff like that's always going to be really meaningful mm. for a lot of people. And, you know, the way you describe it, you know, you come from a side of a part of human history where like people in general, just that side of the U.S. and there's a communities that are just super tight knit. And, you know, you always talk about how much you've seen and I can only imagine being away from it for so long to LA of all places. Hmm. And apologies if I missed this part of the answer because I had to go get a drink and some food. But um, good, would you would would you say that it would have been a completely different record if you were to stay in LA uh, and rather than move back to Connecticut? I don't think I would have done it. You don't think you would have done it? Okay. Nope. There we go. I I would have done something different. Like I think that my my intentions and visions were like in such a specific place, and like I've been able to utilize making this record as a extra tool to build community where I'm from. Whereas like and and that was like a really important purpose of even doing that for like making the music for me was being able to say, hey, here's how I'm using my music as a tool to mm. be able to like assist us more or bring more resources into the community. It's like, yeah, I don't necessarily like, I'm not pressed to drop a record unless I'm incentivized to. And the way that I'm incentivized, right. to, you know what I'm saying? It's like those types <laughs> of things. It's like, I'll just give y'all music for free. Like, not yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like the, the, the way that I, I look at things philosophically when it comes to that type of shit yeah yeah no i feel like um like time and place i mean and obvious i think this is kind of an obvious thing to say but like i feel like time and place just has such a strong influence over the kinds of like art that we create um and it's it's yeah i feel that and it's like like really like uh interesting i guess how much like like the space that we inhabit can um can impact uh like the 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 stuff that we put out and like even if our even if our mindset is sort of similar just even being in like a completely different space can mm-hmm. just completely change like the work that 1000% uh, space is the place yeah. you know what i'm saying mm. 
Sunrise says that shit for a reason. A lot of people think that he's talking about outer space. He's talking about your fucking personal space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. For sure. It's, um... It's, like, something I've noticed a lot with, like, a lot of, uh... Like, Norwegian black metal, for example. Like, I feel like a lot of that is a direct result of not even the mindset that the artists had at the time, but more so reflecting the landscape of the country that they, um... like live live in and yeah it's like really really cool to see that like in people's music no that's fact. i think that even like with like you see that even like with like swedish pop and shit like that it's Mm -hmm. like yeah the way that the music is written it's like um there's like a sense of self to the and like a sense of like belonging of self to Mm. the the melodies and the harmonies and like the songwriting i think that's why people like always resonate with that shit so much mm-hmm. i think it that really makes sense when you look at it through the lens of music history you know you look at a lot of artistic or uh, musical movements from you know 1600s 1700s and stuff like that and yeah, how it directly tr- you know was in reference to some you know big global event or whatever i think the fact that we can actually already observe that in modern music i think is very very interesting Yo, you make you make a great point, dude. So a lot of people don't know this, but I went to I went to school for music journalism, and when I was at UConn for that, I took um one of the music history classes that I took. Like, we went through all of the eras of like contemporary, post contemporary, post modern music, all that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? And something that's very specific and unique to like music after the believe it's after the romantic era specifically um and like going into like the commercialization of music as well too more as a product that's where genres get introduced but before that music is described literally by the era of time in which it was correlate like corresponding to mm-hmm. like yeah. all baroque music is part of the baroque era right right yeah. mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like like it's really really interesting how like all that stuff gets hyper catalog and categorized and shit like that so you're definitely making points when when you're talking about how just like the 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 big connective tissue between all of it is really just the perception of self you know what i'm saying yeah no for sure it's um and no it's really like i i suppose like looking back at uh music history and it's like really almost like awesome to see how much great music was literally like how many great scenes have come out of just like-minded people experiencing similar things at the same time exactly like looking at like like bristol for example like shithole city in the united kingdom spawned massive attack porter's head um and like 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 and all those awesome like artists that were on a similar wavelength it can't be that much of a shithole right you know what i'm saying Mm. yeah yeah but and it's just like really cool like that whatever whatever was going on in bristol at that time just influenced random people to just come together and create the same kind of art and the same kind of music and enough Mm -hmm. to the point where bristol has become known for a whole genre of music um and yeah and it's just really cool to look at examples of that throughout history um for sure okay yeah i got a question for you guys actually too yeah 
So did you guys have anything else that you guys needed to like go through with neighborhood radio today? Cause you know that I'll sit here and talk with y'all on Q and A for like four hours about this shit. But like, was there like any music or anything like that that we needed to like go through or anything like that? Cause uh, I'm supposed to just like jump and shit like I that. I only had one more question. We were going to jump into the, I love my plug oh. section. If you wanted to, oh, shit. you wanted to join us for it. Yeah, I was, I'm definitely down. I'll just be muted. Cause I'm going to be eating some oh, spaghetti. Yeah, but I'm down. That's cool. Yeah. Last question was just, uh, you know, you know, you, you, you talk about like how you're creative, you know, music, you know, the actual musician part of things like actually playing an instrument, you know, the programming of it. Maybe you're a writer, you rap, but you're also, you, you know, lately you've also been showing off a lot of your graphic art chops, a lot of your skills in that regard. And I don't believe we've really uh, seen a cover. So I, I was just wondering, you know, I'm not, you know, asking for a preview of the cover, but like, did, did have you had any hands on the on the making of that or how, how what's that looking like is it a photograph piece of art i'm just interested on that on that since that hasn't really shown off no worries um it's a photograph i'll tell you that part um i won't share it with y'all right now because i do want to like have a reveal for it and shit like that okay. but mm. it's in a location that y'all are familiar with based off of the stuff that has been in the rollout like it's like literally around the corner from where some of the pictures and videos have been taken we just haven't shown that part of the area yet Okay. okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh like how do I describe it? So I've been learning over this is something I've been learning over the last like three years, right? I'm learning that a lot of great design does not happen on paper, but it happens like through conversation and communication and also through community. Mm. So ultimately like spending time sitting down with the people that i'm sitting down with to come up with the idea for what we shot for the cover art is how i contributed to the design whether or not i pressed the shutter and like like i framed the shot with the person before they pressed the shutter you know what i'm saying like those types of things where it's like a lot of granular detail but before we even framed that shot we all sat down in a room and talked together about the type of feeling that we wanted that shot to evoke yep so, you know, that's like, like in those levels and those like, that, like we're, I've been just being super, super intentional with the art and not just being like, oh, let's just do some random shit. Yeah, you know cool what I'm saying? Picture, you know, like everything is pretty intentional in that regard. And it's like, if y'all were to like send this shit to like Rainbow, he'd be like, oh, wow, this is all literally like in the same location. It just looks like it's not. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. I think I think cover art's a very underrated aspect of uh, the well, giving I mean, someone a, a collection of music. I think yeah. well, because the thing I've always thought with cover art is like it's the first engagement that anyone has with your music. So it's like like how many times have you listened to an album because you think the cover art's awesome versus yeah, how many I, times have you skipped an album because it's got some emotion? It's going to be forever yep. associated with that music. And exactly. You're that's why. Right. I, like that's why it's always been like cover art. I, like there's low key been times when I've spent just as much time on a cover art as I have on a song. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes mad because, sense. I feel you a thousand percent. Because it's like yeah, like like people that like if if I've got like a cover art that's like got a few colors on it, people are gonna be thinking of, about those colors when they're listening to the music, and I want the music to sound like those colors. If that if that makes any sense. Oh, of course. No, that makes um, so much sense, dude. Yeah. So anyway, that um, nah. so I'm not really keen to see the cover art. Um, I 
because yeah again it's one of my personal personal favorite parts of music um so yeah um like so all right so give you guys kind of like a, a preview of the idea of what the cover is it's pretty much like the same framed shot in different parts of the year okay oh, okay okay I, that's okay, hard. I already that's got hard. I, that's okay yeah i like that concept i like the idea of that yeah yeah that's awesome now yeah lately i've been seeing a lot of videos where like it's a uh, like 30 50 different pictures taken and there's something in it that ha that's the exact same shape between across mm -hmm. all those pictures and seeing that edited together so i've uh, seen mm -hmm. a lot of overlaying imagery that, that that's always really cool yeah that, yeah, uh, it's like it, it, it's like it's a really interesting story to be able to be told with that type of stuff and it's like i've been thinking about even like okay how is this going to be presented in like its physical format and it's like okay when you look at it like in the record store and you're walking by what are you going to see and then when you look at it and then you open it up what else are you going to see you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and just like okay how do we make sure that this experience is just like oh this is this is crazy you know what i'm saying like this is like it's visceral and detailed and just as intricate. I want it to feel just as intricate as the production does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. No, 100%. That's um, definitely one of the, like, I, I think, uh, least, not, not least, but I think it's, I think it's for me, a, a great sign of a record is great cover art. Cause I think it shows that they're putting, in more thought like on more, on more than just one level with like the pr presentation of the package and everything um yeah so. that's like like with kids see ghosts like i knew that was going to be a classic the moment i saw that cover up <laughs> um so and that's how I, I i hope that that same feeling gets evoked like when people see this shit they're like whoa this is going to be I, I, I'm not sure what I'm getting into. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's fun. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, looking at it, and I'm like, is it a cover for a folk project? Is yeah. it a cover for a rap project? Is it a cover for... Like, the last thing that I expect it to be is a cover for a rap project. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Especially in uh, a rap circle. That's a good... That's a good, uh, a good sign. Yeah. Totally. I... Yeah, I think everyone... I think I speak for everyone in here. When I say that, where I'm very, very excited to see it. Oh yeah. Awesome, all right. Awesome, awesome. All right. I think okay. that. Well, I think that is is that the that was the last question, right? That, I think that. Oh. That's... Uh no. Uh, I no. Yeah. Nature. Sorry. I just I I just thought of this one. I just thought of this one, but it was just one. Um, I was sort of wondering. Um, so like Tom York. Um, a lot of his solo music. Probably like thirty to forty percent of it is, or maybe not that high, but I know I know a lot of it is scrapped Radiohead material. Tom um, York that is he, that nigga, yo. That I fuck yeah. with Tom so heavy. Yeah. So a lot of his work is scrapped Radiohead work, and I was just wondering if um you had any solo music that was something that didn't work within BH that you've sort of taken and reworked into your own. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think that was part of the point of doing BH. It was like, you know, there's there's shots that are not going to land on this court that might land on mine. It's like, mm. what am I supposed to do? Not take that? Come on. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. But um, more than more than anything, I think that um, 
it's just like the sheer volume of what we created and like there are certain things where it's like oh, okay i know that line isn't necessarily for this record but i I, I'm in the space where it's like I'm working this muscle, working this muscle, working this muscle. It's like, oh yeah, mm. let's let's put that verse in the tuck. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. let's not put that verse in the tuck. Let's put it out there. But if it's not what's needed for this song, throw it back mm. in the tuck. Awesome, cool. Nah, um, that makes a lot of sense. I yeah, think it's it... all about just being resourceful yeah. with your art and creativity and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. I think yeah. the worst thing someone can do is throw away a piece of their art. No concept gets left behind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I found a lot. Like, a lot of my shit is from... Like, my album that I released, like, a few months ago has stuff from, like, 2017. Um, I feel you on that. Yeah. So it's like... Like, I feel like something can always... That's how you know it's good. Because you sat on it since 2017 and you were still down to put it out. Mm, yeah. No, for sure. Still the, te- anyway. still the test of time for you. Of course, it's going to spread for other people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. It's all about just being confident in yourself enough to believe that. Yeah. Some, some, no, last, sure. some wise words from Don McClennan himself. <laughs> Appreciate on, y'all. On yeah. the neighborhood radio Q&A. Questions yeah. from, the, from the audience, from members of the server. Thank you guys for submitting. It means a lot. Shout out to the block. Shout out to the block. Shout out to the block. But yeah, yeah I still don't have my sound, but I would otherwise I would. Yeah. 